hairstylist has never been more rewarding, but it's also never been so complex. As hairstylists, we often forget that we are working in a multi-billion dollar industry. The beauty industry is growing faster than ever, and there's so much left on the table because stylists aren't taking the time to understand business. I'm Melissa, your host. I'm a million-dollar salon owner, a six-figure stylist, and founder and CEO of Sierra and Sage Extensions. And while all of that may sound impressive, I'm just a hairstylist, just like you. And I'm here to help you understand how to achieve the same by bringing business to beauty. All right. Hello, friends. Uh, We are here filming episode two of Bringing Business to Beauty. Kind of crazy. We're on our second episode already. Um, But today I want to talk a little bit about taxes because it is tax time. And I feel like a lot of hairstylists right now are doing one of two things. They're either looking forward to a tax return or they're totally freaking out about how they're going to pay for their tax bill. So I want to talk a little bit about different tax types and give you guys a few tips on how you can better prepare for tax time next year. Okay, so first things first, there are three different tax types that you may fall under as a hairstylist. It is all going to depend on how you run your business or how the salon owner where you work runs their business. So tax type number one is you are on a W-2, which means you are paid commission or hourly or both. If you are on a W-2, I consider you pretty lucky. In fact, I am on a W-2 under my own salon. I'll get into how that's possible in a little bit, but to make a long story short, your taxes come out of each paycheck when you're W-2. To make a long story longer, when you're a W-2 employee, you're only responsible for half of the amount of taxes you would be if you were self-employed. Think of it like this. The workforce is made up of tens of thousands of people doing a job. Each one of those people is expected to pay about 15% of their income to Uncle Sam. However, when you work as a W-2 employee, your employer is legally obligated to split the percentage with you. So your employer pays about 7.5% of your income on your behalf, and then approximately 7.5% of your income is deducted from your paycheck. So in addition to having to pay half of the tax percentage for you, your employer also has to pay unemployment tax as well as workers' compensation coverage. So unemployment tax is paid both federally and at the state level. It is basically a bank deposit that the government holds onto for each business. And if an employee becomes eligible for unemployment, that money is sort of reserved there for that purpose. Um, In my salon, for example, when COVID happened and we were shut down, Everyone in my salon was immediately eligible for unemployment because they were employees of the business. And I was included in that because I am an employee of my business. So I know in the long run, they ended up giving unemployment to even self-employed people, which was great. But to my understanding, it was kind of a hassle. Um, Because we were employees of the business, we didn't have to jump through those hoops um, and try to figure out how to become eligible for that. It was just automatic for us. Um, The second thing I talked about is workers' compensation. Um, So workers' compensation will cover any medical expense that is incurred due to like a workplace injury. Um, This is a super weird story, but totally true. Um, I worked in a salon back in like 2011. I was an independent contractor at the time, um, and there was a gas leak in the building where the salon was. And literally the entire salon was rushed to the hospital in ambulances 
Um, and we all had carbon monoxide poisoning. I guess the gas leak was going on for like a week and nobody really knew about it. Uh, but long story short, we were all hospitalized. Clients even had to leave the salon in their foils. It was a total shit show. Uh, but anyway, because I was self-employed, I was responsible to pay those medical bills by myself. Um, the salon I was at at the time didn't offer W-2 status, but if they had and I was on W-2, that entire fiasco would have been covered by the salon's workers' compensation insurance. So basically with being W-2, even though you are going to take a little bit less money home on your paycheck because those taxes are coming out, in the long run, you're actually saving... Uh, about 10% in taxes because the uh, salon owner is paying half of your taxes. They're also paying that unemployment insurance. So God forbid anything like COVID ever happens again, you're in the clear, you're going to be paid. Um, and then, you know, if anything crazy happens, like my carbon monoxide story, uh, your medical bills will be paid as well. Okay. So let's move on to tax type number two. Uh, which is going to be 1099, which means you are paid commission. Um, if you are a 1099, you are an independent contractor, aka self-employed. Uh, this is a huge controversial topic in the salon industry. My opinion on this is that if you're paying commission to a stylist, they are an employee and should be W-2, period. Anyone who wants to argue this and say that they found a loophole is really just running their business wrong and is looking to get away with not paying taxes. I know that's harsh, but I believe that it's true. Um, I hate paying taxes just as much as the next person. Um, and trust me, I totally get it. I pay thousands of dollars a week in employment taxes. Would I love to put that money in my own pocket as the business owner? Of course, I would be lying if I said no. But I also love seeing my employees kill it on their W-2s. Uh, they don't have to stress about how they're going to pay a big tax bill at the end of the year. Um, and really the icing on the cake is they're able to qualify to buy things like cars and houses very easily because they have a strong W-2 supporting their income. I'm sure you guys can see where I stand in regards to W-2 versus 1099. So let's just move on. Um, I want to offer you some tips if you are in a situation where you're a commission stylist uh, on 1099. Um, so if you're a self-employed person, uh, you are taxed at 15% as a working individual. Um, the weird thing is if you are self-employed, you're actually stuck with an additional about 5% of tax as a self-employed person. Uh, with that being said, if you find yourself with a tax bill you can't afford at the end of the year, you need to start saving 20% of your income. So if you did $1,000 in services this week, you should strongly consider putting $200 into a savings account and do not touch it. Um, if you do this diligently every month or every week, uh, sticking away 20% of your income, then you're going to be a lot less stressed out at tax time. Uh, you will already have more than enough money set aside to cover your IRS bill. Um, you can also choose to pay your estimated taxes quarterly. It's super easy to do. You can just hop on the IRS website and pay your estimated quarterly taxes. The way that you would do that is calculate how much you made that quarter um, and then figure out what 20% of that total is and then go ahead and pay that to the IRS. 
Uh, don't worry, there's a good chance that you're going to overpay, but they will give it back to you. Um, so it's essentially like giving yourself a tax return. Um, they'll refund you anything that you overpay. So I guess ultimately, if you take anything from this as a 1099 stylist, um, you are going to be responsible for approximately 20% of your total income on taxes. Of course, that's not including anything that you're going to write off that you purchased. Uh, oftentimes what happens when you are 1099 is your salon is also providing you all of the product. So your write-offs are pretty limited. Um, they don't add up quite as quickly as they do if you're booth renting or if you're in a suite or something like that. Uh, so ultimately setting away or setting aside that 20% of your income, whether it's in a savings account or you're paying those estimated quarterly taxes, um, is just going to set you up for success. Uh, like I said, at the end of the year, if you stuck away 20% into a savings account, you're going to have some left over. Um, you can use that for a vacation or starting a savings account to buy a car or a house or whatever it is that your uh, current goals are. Um, and then, like I said, if you do overpay the IRS um, with that 20%, they will refund you the difference uh, based on what you actually file at the end of the year. Okay, so tax type number three, um, and I feel like this is where the majority of our industry lies uh, in 2022. Um, and this would mean that you are self-employed, uh, completely self-employed. So you are either a salon owner or a suite owner, um, or you're renting a booth inside of another salon. Um, so this is where things really get interesting. You're running your own business. You've got a business license. Things are going really good. You're making money doing your clients behind the chair. Um, if you own a salon and you have other people renting or even working commission under you, you might even be making money off the salon. Um, so with that, here's what happens come tax time. Uh, first, you have to claim the money that you earned on your clients, and then you also have to claim the money that you made off of the business on top of that. Um, keep in mind, you're now paying that additional self-employment tax um, on yourself plus on your business. Um, I'm going to give you a huge tip, um, and honestly, I would do this even if I was in a suite by myself. Uh, so remember at the beginning of this episode, I said that I am a W-2 employee of my salon. Um, and here's how you do that. So in order to become an employee of your business, you must have a business license that is an LLC. Um, you cannot have a sole proprietorship and be an employee of the business. Um, you have to have an LLC. This business license type is going to cost you more money, um, but you're going to actually save money in the long run. And here's how. Once you've established your LLC, you're going to go to the IRS website and you're going to fill out the form 2553. If you have an accountant, I would highly recommend that you have them help you with this. Um, but what this form does is it's going to switch your tax filing to an S-Corp. So with an S-Corp, you can now payroll yourself. Uh, what you're going to want to do is sign up for an easy like DIY payroll company. Um, for example, I use QuickBooks Payroll. I run all my own payroll for, for both of my businesses. Um, it's super easy. Uh, you're going to start issuing yourself a W-2 paycheck. 
It's important that you know that you cannot do this unless you are registered as an S Corp with the IRS. So that has to be done first. What's great about doing this is you're already having taxes come out of your paycheck. So instead of paying that 20% as a self-employed person um, on the services that you're doing behind the chair, you're now only going to be paying 7.5% out of your paycheck. And then your business is going to be paying the other 7.5%. So you're saving that uh, additional 5% right off the top. But what's even sweeter is there are certain um, stipulations to this, so make sure that you're fully understanding what those percentages are. But you pay yourself what the IRS calls a reasonable salary. From there, you can actually pay yourself out whatever your business profits at the end of the quarter or at the end of the year, um, and it's completely tax-free. It's called an owner draw. So you do an owner draw from the business and you pay no self-employment tax on that whatsoever. Um, so you're saving huge there. Um, on that note, if you are running a business, um, you really, really need to separate your personal expenses from your business expenses. Even if you're just a hairdresser behind the chair by yourself renting in another salon, if you're purchasing uh, business expenses on your personal bank account, stop that immediately and add opening a business account to the top of your to-do list. Uh, you're running a business, even if it's just yourself and you need to start acting like it. Keeping your personal expenses and your business expenses separate, um, are super, super crucial when it comes to setting up your, um, LLC, setting up your S corp, um, and payrolling yourself. Um, you want to make sure that your business has enough money within it to cover those expenses, to continue to payroll yourself. Um, and that's really difficult to do when you are sharing your personal money with your business money. Um, so it's definitely a good idea to separate the two, have two separate bank accounts and really start running your business that way. Next piece of advice um, in regards to bank accounts is if you are going to uh, start payrolling yourself, then I would highly recommend um, opening a separate checking account and giving it a little nickname like tax account. Um, I would do this especially if you are going to be payrolling an entire team. Um, and then what you're going to want to do is whenever you do your payroll run, uh, whether it's weekly or biweekly, whatever you choose, um, you are going to run a report and figure out what the tax liability is for that pay period. And then you are going to transfer that amount from your regular checking account into your tax checking account. Because when you begin running your business this way, you are going to have to make that uh, tax payment to the IRS, uh, either monthly or quarterly, uh, or sometimes weekly if you're a really large business. Um, and you want to make sure that you have that money set aside and ready to pay. Um, I will be completely transparent. When I first started doing W-2, I misunderstood. Um, I wasn't paying those employment taxes on time when they were due. I got smacked with a ton of fines. Um, it was a whole ordeal. I had somebody like from the IRS come and visit me. I, it was bad. I was in big trouble. Um, they filed a lien against me and against the business. It was a total nightmare. Um, so that's why I like to share this information so that you don't make those same mistakes. Uh, make sure that you set that money aside and pay it on time all the time. Um, because having the IRS on your bad side is not a position you want to be in. 
Okay, another thing that I want to talk about uh, goes hand in hand with saving money on taxes, um, but it's retirement. Um, a lot of hairdressers are not thinking about the future. They are not thinking about retirement. Um, even most W-2 salons are not going to offer retirement plans because they're very costly uh, to the salon owner. Um, it's very difficult to make that happen. I, I don't even offer that in my salon. Um, I do offer things like health insurance, um, you know, supplemental insurances, all that type of stuff. But uh, offering a 401k is, is really difficult. Um, so with that being said, it's a good idea to, uh, figure out retirement on your own. Um, and thankfully there are quite a few ways to do that. Um, they're very easy and they are going to save you on taxes as well. Okay. So the two, uh, retirement options that I'm going to talk about today are IRAs and SEPs. So an IRA is an independent retirement account and a SEP is a self-employed pension. Um, obviously, in order to have a self-employed pension, you need to be self-employed um, or own a business. Um, it's super, super easy to set these accounts up. You can oftentimes just set them up through your bank. Um, so I personally have one through Bank of America and I have it set to automatically transfer money out of my checking account into my SEP account um, every time that my payroll goes in. Um, so I don't even have to think about it or take any effort. Uh, it's just automatic. Um, what's really cool about these programs, aside from the fact that you are saving and preparing for your future, is that you can deposit up to $6,000 per year into these accounts and they're totally tax-free. So you cannot be taxed on it whatsoever. Um, what I always tell hairstylists is if you find yourself year after year owing $6,000 or less every single year or even more than that, uh, you should be depositing $6,000 into an IRA or a SEP because if you are not, then you are giving money to the IRS that you could be putting towards your future. So basically, if you knew that you were given the option to put $6,000 into a retirement account or give $6,000 to the IRS, the answer should be a no-brainer. So even if you're only putting $20 a week into one of these accounts, uh, I really highly suggest that you get started at it um, and then really try to figure out a way to implement that $6,000 deposit into that account um, instead of you know paying that to the IRS at the end of the year. That's $6,000 of your income for the year that you get to save for yourself instead of giving it to the IRS. So long story short, uh, I say it in the intro, um, hairstylists are making more money than ever in 2022. Um, I think it's so important to start adopting business principles, um, things like retirement and savings and, and really taking the time to understand your taxes uh, because a lot of hairstylists out there are making more money than lawyers and, and doctors. Um, and we need to be smart about how we're spending that money or saving that money. Um, it's time to start making changes. And so that was one reason why I really wanted to kick off this podcast and share everything that I know um, on the business end. Um, so that's really all I have for today. I hope this information is helpful for you. Uh, it's something that I feel like our industry can be completely clueless about, and it can literally make or break your financial future. 
I hope that whatever tax situation you are in currently, you can take something from today's episode and start working towards financial stability. Um, Thank you so much for listening and tune in two weeks from now to learn more about bringing business to beauty.